Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. Today is one of our virtual wellness session webinars, and the topic is how to vitalize your healthy aging. Over the next 45 minutes, you'll learn some tips and strategies that you can start implementing immediately on how to vitalize your healthy aging. Listen into this webinar and learn some great tips and strategies. Welcome to our webinar on vitalizing your healthy aging. Who is this webinar for? If you are looking to increase your vitality, if you're hoping for a healthier lifestyle, if you're looking to decrease illness, improve your aging, enhance your mood, then you're in the right spot. Because today we are gonna talk about how to be healthy while aging. In the next 45 minutes or so, we'll just talk about some key strategies on how you can boost your healthy aging and live with vitality. And by the end of this webinar, you should have some strategies and techniques that you can implement immediately that can help you with living more optimal wellness and having more vitality. Just a little a bit about Vasana Health and Wellness. My name is Farah Butts and I'm the functional medicine practitioner at Vasana Health and Wellness. And at Vasana Health and Wellness, we're a clinic that has optimal wellness that goes inside out. So I help work on the inside and get you feeling better on the inside. And then we've got a great team that works on aesthetics. So they do a lot of skincare and helping you look great on the outside. We also have a team of ladies that work on hormones and they do the bioidentical hormone replacement. So we all work together at Basana to bring you optimal health and wellness. Just a little bit more about functional medicine if you're not familiar with it. Functional medicine is a holistic type of medicine that looks a lot at the whole person. So what we do is we look at all the health imbalances that you might have in your body. And then what we do is work to correct it so that you have optimal health function. And what I try to do is partner with you to see where in your system is needing help. And then we work together to come up with a plan on how to optimize your health and wellness. And with functional medicine, I like to focus on mind-body wellness because it's the integration of a healthy body along with a healthy mind and having healthy energy. And mind-body wellness is the interconnection between thoughts, feelings, and behavior. And optimal health requires that your mind, physical body, and spirit are all in balance. And with functional medicine, we like to focus on lifestyle medicine. And what this means is that we look at, at all the functions of your lifestyle. So are you getting good sleep and rest? Are you having healthy nutrition, adequate hydration? Are you getting daily exercise and movement? How's your stress transformation and restoration? And you have strong social connections and relationships. And so with functional medicine, we work to align all of these lifestyle factors to ensure that you're reaching optimal health and wellness. The World Health Organization describes wellness as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not just merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So wellness is all-encompassing. Then we like to talk about vitality. And vitality is the state of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being that helps to support a person's ability to live, flourish, and grow. Just a little bit more about me so that you can understand why I'm so interested in health and vitality and optimal wellness. My background is emergency medicine, and I've done emergency medicine for about 25 years. And while I was in emergency medicine, I've also done a lot with the health and wellness field. I 
am very interested in health and wellness and all that it means. Particularly in 2019, I decided to shift from emergency medicine, which is acute care and illness, and focus more on functional medicine and optimal wellness. At the beginning of 2019, in March of 2019, my father was in Thailand doing a humanitarian home build, and we were going there to meet him to do this build with him. And unfortunately, he suffered a fairly severe stroke. So instead of doing a humanitarian build with him, it actually ended up being a medical mission trip for me to get him back to the United States, which took about three weeks for us to get back to the United States. And then unfortunately, he ended up passing away from complications of the stroke in May. And what was extremely disruptive for me was that he was 72, but a very healthy 72 year old. He in <clears throat> November had completed a trek to the base of the third highest mountain in the world. And it was a 28 day trek. And he played tennis five days a week. So it was definitely somebody that was healthy from the outside, strength, not somebody that we would have expected this to happen to. At the same time, that he was going through this, I also had two girlfriends that were the age of 42 that both ended up dying as well. One died from pancreatic cancer and one died from lymphoma. Which, so most people think 2020 sucked, but for me, 2020 was a pretty sucky year. Uh, at the time that my father passed away in May, <clears throat> my mother-in-law was also diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So it was quite an interesting year for us. And I decided, you know, there's something that we can do, or there must be something that we can do to step in earlier in life and change the trajectory. So is there something that we can do from a health and wellness perspective where we can step in and change the outcomes of life? And so that's just to give you a little bit of a background as to why I'm so passionate about energy, health, wellness, vitality. And that's why I started my journey with functional medicine, because functional medicine really has a focus on health and wellness. How can we improve life? What is aging? Obviously, getting older is inevitable. All of us are going to age no matter what. And the thing is, though, that getting old is a choice. So we can age gracefully, as they say, or age with vitality. And aging is the process of becoming older. It represents the accumulation of changes in a human being over time. And aging encompasses physical, psychological, and social changes. Here's what I wanted to tell you what I like to focus on, and this is what really drives me with myself and my patients, is the idea of compression of morbidity. When we talk about the compression of morbidity, it's the reduction over time in the total lifetime days of chronic disability. And chronic disability is determined as limitations in activities of daily, li daily living and cognitive impairment. If you look at the slides on the right here, it's giving you an idea of what morbidity is and how we can do this compression of morbidity. The average person will live to roughly around 70 years old, and by the time that you reach 70s, many people have a number of chronic illnesses. And so during that end of life where that pyramid-looking uh, triangle is that's showing you the red and orange is saying that, you know, most people will have at the end of their life many chronic illnesses and maybe they're not going to have the most healthy of lifestyle. What we can do with the compression of morbidity is increase the health span so that we have optimal longevity. We may still live to be 75, but we want to have those last few years of life to be in optimal wellness and vitality. So there's many things that we can do to compress that timeline so that in the end, that small window where we may not have the most optimal health, maybe it's only going to be a year or maybe it's only going to be two years as opposed to 10 years of our life. So I know for myself, my first half century has been good and I felt 
pretty healthy, but for my second half, half century, I really would like to have an optimal health and vitality so that I can live healthy as long as I possibly can. So we talk about slowing the aging process. And again, if you look here, we talk about treating the specific disease prevention to slow the aging process, as opposed to just focusing after you've gotten those diseases and then trying to do specific disease treatment. So if we can step in earlier in the process, doing lifestyle modifications to slow that aging process, then maybe we won't even get those chronic illnesses that the majority of our population nowadays is experiencing. For example, the Parkinson's disease, the heart disease, the high blood pressure, strokes, Alzheimer's, kidney disease, type two diabetes. These are all very common. And many people nowadays have one or two or even three of these diseases. So if we can step in earlier in the process with that compression of morbidity and focus on disease prevention, then we will have more optimal health as we age, rather than having to focus on the specific disease treatment. So another way to say this, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and proclaiming loudly, wow, what a ride. This is a great quote, and my mom actually has this on her office wall. So I think that living with great vitality, energy, and having the health and vitality to experience everything that we possibly can, to live as well as we can, so that at the end we can say, wow, what a ride. So what is the number one tip to enhance vitality? Your body's energy stores need to be recharged. Does this sound like you? Do you ever wake up feeling tired, low energy, low productivity throughout the day, extreme fatigue, low vitality, maybe variable moods, energy slumps, brain fogs, or feeling like your energy just goes up and down? Many of us experience this, and then one of the best things that we can do to boost these energy reserves and to give us more vitality and health is our sleep. And sleep is one of the key things that we can do, not only to boost our energy and our health, but to improve our aging and vitality. When we sleep, this is the number one time when our body and mind regenerate and restore and help us to come back stronger the next day. No matter how pure your thoughts are during the day, by the end of the day, you will have a dirty mind. And what happens when we sleep is there's a process that goes through and clears up this dirty mind of ours. And there's multiple different processes that occur while we're sleeping. The first one is called autophagy. And this is a system where the body has a self-eating process where it's taking the diseased and damaged bits of protein and metabolic waste that build up in the brain. And it works through the systems to get rid of these extra damaged and diseased bits of protein. Then we have what's called the glymphatic system, and it's the lymph system and fluid that works through the brain and just helps to eliminate these damaged areas and just helps clean up this brain. And what it does is it helps to work through, gets a, it's kind of a flushing system, and it just clears up the brain. And then the cerebrospinal fluid clears out and replaces it so that our brain is fresh and renewed. And then the body, as we sleep, works to rid all of these toxins from the brain and helps to clear it and help us to be more refreshed. When we are not getting adequate sleep or refreshing sleep, the body does not have time to work through all of these processes and the toxins and waste will actually build up in the brain, which causes problems with our aging, with our mental processes, and just with our overall health and vitality. So sleep is a key thing that we can do to help boost our vitality and improve our aging process. We do have a podcast if you like listening to podcasts and we 
did a podcast that was specific on sleep, but I'm going to give you some tips here from that. And these are some of the tips that you can do to help improve your sleep and rest. And if you are interested in our podcast, you can find it at Vassan Health and Wellness on any podcast platform. But these are some tips that you can do to help improve your sleep. So we talk about avoiding caffeine late in the day. They say that it takes roughly six to eight hours for caffeine to actually process through your body. So if you're having a cup of coffee late in the afternoon, it could be that you actually won't clear it from your system until nine or 10 at night. So it's recommended that you have your last caffeinated beverage before two or three in the afternoon. We recommend that you limit your alcohol, alcohol intake, especially late at night. A lot of people, find that if they drink alcohol in the evening, it does make them sleepy and it helps them fall asleep. But it's been shown that alcohol is actually disruptive to the quality of your sleep. And even though you may fall asleep quickly, you won't stay asleep as long or have as beneficial of sleep if you're drinking alcohol late in the evening. Another recommendation is to keep your bedroom cool. Turn off technology so you're not looking at your phones or iPads as you're going to sleep. They do recommend writing out a to-do list. Oftentimes it's hard for us to fall asleep because our mind is racing. And if you even just write out a, a to-do list for the next day, they say that the process of writing that out will help your mind to calm and rest and allow you to sleep better. When we talk about sleep, we talk about our circadian rhythms or our circadian clock. And oftentimes our sleep gets disrupted because our circadian rhythm is not where it should be. This is your typical circadian rhythm clock where at two in the morning, most people are getting their deepest sleep. At 10 in the morning, it's the highest alert time. 3.30 in the afternoon is the fastest reaction time. And for most people, around nine in the evening is when our hormone melatonin starts to secrete, which helps us to go to sleep. Oftentimes with our aging and difficulty with sleeping, it's because our circadian rhythm is out of balance. You can see by this graph here on the right that with aging, it's a natural process with aging that as we age, our hormones shift and change. And a couple of the hormones that shift in our bodies are cortisol and melatonin. As we age, our melatonin naturally decreases. Our body temperature fluctuations are not as high as when we were younger, which does affect how we sleep. And even our sleep-wake cycles are much different as we age. So even with teenagers, they can sleep 20 hours sometimes. For us, we may only sleep six hours and then have a hard time falling back to sleep. And oftentimes it's because of our circadian rhythm and because of these hormone fluctuations. It's one recommendation for getting your circadian rhythm back in track. If you're finding that your sleep-wake cycles aren't where they should be, that maybe you're having to stay up very late at night or having a hard time waking up in the morning, they recommend that sunshine is a way for your body to reset its circadian clocks. So if you can get up and outside within about 30 minutes of waking, they recommend that you can go out, get some sunshine, natural sunshine, shortly after waking, and this helps your body to just naturally recognize that it's time to get up. They even did a study with, I believe it was about 10 people, where they were taken up into the mountains and they did some hiking and camping and no one had clocks or watches or alarm clocks. And by the end of this uh, five-day study, I believe it was, they all had reset their clocks because they would wake with the sun and then they would go to sleep when the sun set and they just naturally got their body back in alignment. For those of us like myself that wake up extremely early before the sun even comes up, there are natural sun machines that you can get. They're like special lights that you can turn on within 30 minutes that are said to help mimic the sun. Or in the winter time when we have less sun in some periods and people get what's known as seasonal affective disorder, they say that these artificial light lamps are also beneficial for that. So if you want to try and reset your circadian rhythms, get a little bit more sunshine early in the morning upon waking.
A few more things that we're gonna start talking about now that influence the aging process include boosting your muscle mass and strength, decreasing your body fat and your visceral adipose tissue, eating clean whole foods, staying well hydrated, and enhancing your brain's neuroplasticity. So let's start talking about muscle mass. As we age, our body naturally will lose muscle mass. If you look at this photograph on the left, what it's showing you is an MRI scan of a quadricep. So it's a cross section view. Basically, if you think about a line through your upper thigh, and then this is gonna be looking down into it. So the white that you see in the center there, this is bone. So as you're looking down, the white is bone. And then the dark area around that is muscle mass. So this top picture is showing you the muscle mass cross section of a thigh of a 40 year old triathlete. This middle picture is showing you a 74 year old that is sedentary. So they're not getting any exercise or movement. Again, in the center is the bone. The darker area is the muscle mass. And then the outside area here is listed as adipose tissue, which is also the fat tissue. So as we stop being active and don't, you know, increase our muscle mass, we start to have muscle wasting. And then just naturally our body starts to pack on more fat as well. Kind of a one-two punch, if you will. But in this bottom one, it's showing you a picture of a 74-year-old triathlete. So just in age by itself is not saying, well, there's nothing you can do about it. There are things we can do about it to help maintain that muscle mass and density. So this 74-year-old triathlete actually in the cross section appears to have even more muscle mass than that 40-year-old triathlete on the top. Now, I'm not recommending that everybody become triathletes. But my recommendation is that we continue to build our muscle mass as it helps the body in many different ways. So the muscles that we have help to give our body energy. They improve our body composition. They help independence. They improve our posture. And they actually help the body to build resilience. And you may not have to go to the gym to build muscle mass. There are things that you can do that on a daily basis that are pretty straightforward that can help build muscle mass. So things as simple as taking the stairs instead of the elevator, that can help build those big thigh muscles. And when you build up the thigh muscles and the big muscles of the body, it's shown to have the greatest improvement in overall health. Even if you're standing up in a room, <clears throat> you can practice balancing. They say that balance is the best uh, way to get a foundation for strength. So even just standing up and practicing standing on one foot, counting to a count of 10, shifting to a second foot for a count of 10, and then just increasing the amount of time that you're putting on each foot. And as you increase your balance, you can start increasing your strength. So standing with one foot on the floor, lift your right foot and then bring your left knee up and then down and then left knee up. And then you can practice that. And that will also do balance on your leg and it will also increase the muscle mass as you're going. And then as you go, you can do other activities like balance on one foot, lift one knee, take your foot out to the side, bring it back in, foot out to the side, bring it back in. And just doing simple things like that can even build up the muscles in your legs. Things that you can do that help build up muscles in your arms. I, I really enjoy using free weights and building strength, but for those that don't like doing that, even things that are simple as a push up against the wall. <clears throat> so standing near a wall with a little bit of distance between you, you can do standing up push ups against the wall, and that can help build up the bicep muscles in your arms. They say that uh, with 10 pounds of muscle built, that you will build and I'm sorry, with 10 pounds of muscle built, you will burn about 50 calories a day. Whereas fat, if it's 10 pounds of fat, is only burning 20 calories a day. So in addition to the muscle mass, giving your body greater strength and support, it's also helping your body to lose 
more fat. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here as well. So when we talk about fat, unfortunately, as we age, our bodies just naturally start to put on fat. And a lot of it has to do with the way that our hormones are shifting and the changes in our hormones as we age are causing the body to put on more fat. And the fat that we're particularly uh, interested in and the fat that I measure and actually watch the most is called visceral adipose tissue or visceral fat. And it's when you crunch over in your chair and you can squeeze the fat on your belly, myself included, that is more subcutaneous fat. That's not the visceral fat that we're talking about. So if you look at this picture here off to the right, in the blue is showing you that's the abdominal cavity and your muscles, your abdominal muscles will actually sit within that area. And so the area that's in front of that blue line is that <clears throat> subcutaneous fat. So that's the fat that you can grab or pinch or that when you're leaning over. The visceral fat is actually the fat that deposits, that deposits behind this abdominal cavity. And this visceral fat is what is more concerning because the more visceral fat one has, then that is what's going to cause an increase in chronic illness because it's the fat that's depositing around your organs. And the more visceral fat you have, the bigger your belly will look because it's going to push out that extra area. So in addition to the subcutaneous fat, the more visceral fat you have, it will push your belly out. And, you know, we can have what's called skinny fat where people look very thin, but they can still have a deposit of that visceral adipose tissue. So they're what we call skinny fat because they still have that layer of fat in their internal organs. So one thing that I do with my patients is we have what's called an in-body scan, and it's a bio uh, impedance analysis where you stand on a scale and it measures water composition, muscle composition, your skeletal strength, but it also uses this electrical impedance to let us know how much of this visceral adipose tissue you have as well. So it's a really nice biomarker that we can use when we're um, working with people to say, okay, let's, you know, maybe we're not gonna focus on you losing weight, but we're gonna focus on you dropping this visceral adipose tissue. So getting rid of that extra fat layer. And one great way to help get rid of that visceral fat layer, the best way is how you're eating, but an additional way to doing that is increasing your muscle mass. So the more muscle mass you have, like we were just looking at, that's gonna help you burn fat and so the more muscle mass you have, the better your body is at burning fat. So when we talk about the visceral adipose tissue, it does have impacts on health and vitality. So the more visceral adipose tissue you have, the higher risk you have of those chronic illnesses that we were looking at. So you have a much higher increased risk of type two diabetes, you have a much higher risk of heart disease and high blood pressure, and you have a much higher risk of stroke and cancers. And as your visceral adipose tissue, that extra fat layer starts to build, you get what's called metabolic syndrome, and your body becomes insulin resistant. And so as you get this metabolic syndrome, what starts to happen is your blood pressure starts to rise, so you'll start getting that high blood pressure. And then you also will see a lot of changes in your cholesterol and your triglyceride levels. And as we know, as there's so much talk with cholesterol and triglyceride levels, that's going to impact your heart disease. With insulin resistance, in addition to this, your muscles and fat and liver begin to not respond as well to insulin, and they can't use up the glucose that's floating in your blood for energy. And there becomes this system within your body where the insulin and glucose levels aren't regulated properly, and all of a sudden you're getting these elevated levels of blood sugar, so there's increased amounts of blood sugar in your blood, which is then what leads to the type 2 diabetes. 
Now, insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome is a whole lecture in and of themselves, but just know that that visceral adipose tissue and that fat layer leads to all these chronic illnesses. So a way for us to increase our health and vitality is to work on decreasing the amount of that visceral adipose tissue that we have. Like I mentioned, one of the best things that we can do is how we eat. For most people that have that extra layers of fat, it's a lot to do with their hormones, but it's also a lot to do with how are they eating. And there's been a lot of studies that have shown that our, our uh, culture as a whole, we're having these huge spikes in all of these chronic illnesses and our health and vitality is going down because of the way that we're eating and our lifestyle factors. So for example, when you're eating a lot of fast foods, if you're eating a lot of processed or packaged foods, if you're eating a lot of foods that are high in sugar, <clears throat> your body starts to store things differently and it has a bigger impact on that insulin resistance which then in turn causes your body to store more of that visceral fat. So it becomes what we call a feed forward cycle where the, it's, the easier way to say it is, was it the chicken or the egg? What started what? But unfortunately they perpetuate against each other. So if we have an unhealthy diet, it's going to impact our hormones, which are then going to impact the way that our body's utilizing the energies. And many people even say, well, I feel like I'm eating right. I feel like I'm exercising and working out, but I'm not losing weight. I'm not able to overcome my fatigue. And I just feel like I'm not in a state of optimal health. And so oftentimes we have to work on multiple different areas at the same time. So we work on getting the optimal nutrition, finding out what works best for your body, making sure that you're getting adequate hydration. Sleep is a key thing because often, like we were talking about, if you don't get adequate sleep, it's going to impact that whole waste and toxin elimination process. But sleep also has a huge impact on your hormones. So everything is interrelated and they all kind of connect together. So we work to get on top of sleep. We work to have good increased uh, muscle mass. We want to make sure that you're having healthy nutrition and adequate hydration. And as with your uh, diet or your nutrition, the more clean and whole the foods are, the healthier your body will be and the more optimized vitality you will have. So the more healthy greens and vegetables that you can eat, the better your body will respond to everything. One thing that we like to do is to start each day with a smoothie. It's a great way for us to get the body a little jump start in the morning by having some fruits and vegetables in it, just uh, frozen fruits and frozen vegetables. And then we add in protein powder and we add extra fats like flax seed and chia seeds. And it's just a great way to start the day. Because one thing that I didn't mention on the last slide is as we age, one thing that's really important is adequate protein. And if you're a vegetarian, it's important that you're getting those good blends of protein so that you're getting a complete protein. When we eat steak or we eat meat, that's considered a complete protein. For those that are vegetarian, a rice and bean combination together is considered a complete protein. And protein is key as we age as it helps our muscles to recover, it helps our body to recover, and it's just something that our body uses in every facility as we age. So when we do our smoothie in the morning, we do a scoop of protein powder with that to make sure that we're starting our day out right, adding in that protein along with all those other great items. With our body and aging, we often talk about skin, and a question was posed about healthy skin as we age and how can we improve healthy skin? And one of the great ways to improve healthy skin is collagen. And I, some people think that it's not a good thing, but collagen is actually a key nutrient for the body. And collagen is a key protein that the body needs for tissue strength and healing 
and it's a major building block of our bones, skin, muscles, tendons, and ligaments. And there's actually been studies that show that by taking a collagen powder or a couple of collagen supplement daily, not only does it improve your skin, but it's actually been shown to strengthen your bone density even more than calcium has been shown to. So every day we also do a collagen powder and there's many great styles out there, many great blends of collagen powders out there, but that is a key thing that you can supplement from a nutrition perspective that will help with your aging process. So not only will it help you look great on the outside, but it's going to help your body age well on the inside also. Another key uh, vitamin or supplement that's awesome for the body for aging is vitamin C. And vitamin C has lots of great uses. It's a great immune booster, but it also actually helps with wound healing. And it's great for growth, development, and repair of our body tissues. So vitamin C is a key supplement that you want to add into your regimen. Another great uh, vitamin that we recommend is vitamin D3 and K2. And the combination of the D3 and K2 has been shown to enhance immunity, but the combination of the two of those together actually also helps keep calcium in the right place. As calcium is floating in our body through our blood vessels, it can deposit in our veins and our arteries and we actually don't want it to deposit in our veins and arteries because that's what can lead to atherosclerosis which is the hardening of the blood vessels and that can lead to higher blood pressure and all those negative uh, side effects like stroke and all those other things if you have too much calcium buildup in your vessels so the nice thing about the D3 and K2 together is it actually helps the calcium go into the bones. So in addition, of keep, in addition to keeping your heart healthy, it keeps your bones strong as it puts the, cal cal uh, sorry, puts the calcium in the right place. Another uh, podcast that we have is talking about 10 different supplements if you wanted to learn more about these supplements. Let's talk a little bit about neuroplasticity. It used to be believed that once you started aging, that your brain would just stay in that state and never change and never improve or never grow or never develop. But with a lot of research done recently, we know that this is actually not true. As you age, your brain can actually continue to learn and grow and build as you age with it. And there's different things that we can do to enhance the neuroplasticity or the health of our brain. Obviously, we've already talked about sleep and the importance of sleep and all those past pathways that we talked about that help the brain to clear out all those toxins and waste. And that's one way that we enhance the neuroplasticity. Another way to enhance neuroplasticity is to continue learning new things. So even reading books is a way to enhance neuroplasticity, or if there's a new skill that you want to learn that helps to enhance the new pathways in your brain. They say that doing different skills will help to enhance the neuroplasticity. So a challenge that I have for you this evening as a way to enhance new neural pathways in your brain is to brush your teeth with your opposite hand. So I'm right-handed and I often will try to brush my teeth with my left hand. And initially it's excessively messy. You will pretty much get toothpaste everywhere and you'll want to finish up with your right hand because you'll feel like you didn't get a great job. But the more that you practice it, you actually will build new neural pathways in your brain. And the more you do it, you'll find that you will get better at it. Another uh, goal I would have you try is writing with your opposite hand. I've actually taught myself to be ambidextrous. And I started out doing this in a lot of my corporate meetings that were 
excessively boring that I was having a very hard time staying awake in. So in order to engage my mind and stay awake, I would actually take notes writing with my opposite hand. So I would write with my left hand and that kept me engaged and kept me from falling asleep in some of these excessively dull meetings. But as a result, I did it enough times Yes, I had that many boring meetings, but I did it enough times that I was now, I'm now actually pretty ambidextrous that I can write with both hands. And I just like the thought of the fact that, hey, I'm learning something new and maybe I'm forming new neural pathways in my brain that will help me to be more vital and uh, stronger health as I age. So try those two techniques tonight to uh, increase your neuroplasticity. Other ways that we can increase our neuroplasticity is exercise. Having daily movement increases the blood flow to our brain, and that just helps the overall health of our brain. And then eating healthy again, clean whole foods help boost the health of our brain. But specifically, there are brain foods that help the health of your brain. For example, foods that are high in omega-3s, like fatty fish, like salmon, for example, or flax seeds, chia seeds, and walnuts. These help boost the health of your brain. Other things like blueberries, broccoli, dark chocolate, and green tea are some other examples of some great brain-boosting foods to try. Let's just look at a couple more things before we close out with the webinar. Some, some other ways that we influence the aging process to be more healthy and vital is working on transforming our stress, singing and laughing, finding joy and purpose, and our strong social connections. Obviously, as we've talked in other webinars, it's almost impossible to eliminate stress especially in our world today with everything that's going on, we live in a constant state of stress. So we need to just work on ways to transform our stress. There's different breathing techniques that you can do that help shift your body from sympathetic into parasympathetic. We can do things like mindfulness and meditation. And meditation doesn't have to be long periods of time where you are completely mind blank, it's a way of just focusing in on the moment and just trying to calm the mind. And there's many great benefits that have been found with mindfulness and meditation. One way to improve sleep at night is to even listen to a meditation app or a meditation uh, recording. And even YouTube has many different meditation uh, sleep meditations that you can listen to on YouTube for free and listening to them are calming. They're all different time periods, two minutes up to two hours, but it's a way to calm and relax and help that stress. And it's another way to help fall asleep faster. One technique that I want to show you quickly today that's pretty popular is called EFT and this is emotional freedom technique. And it's also called the tapping technique. And many people use this as they find it a way to quickly transform stress and reset the body in a high stress moment. And really you can do this anywhere. It's quick and easy, and it's something that helps to shift. And this is one of the techniques in what we call energy medicine. And the way that we are doing this is you use different tapping techniques on energy points in the body. And I'll just walk you through it really quickly. And you can try it at home or Google EFT and there's lots of information. And there's even lots of free apps on uh, different tapping techniques. So basically what you're gonna do is you start by tapping your head. This is your first point. And as you do the tapping, it's just a light tap with your two fingers. And as you do the tapping, you can say different mantras. So if you're feeling stressed, you can just say, I am calm. I am calm. I am relaxed. Or whichever mantra you may find works for you. Next is tapping on the eyebrow and it's just a light tap. You just tap in this zone. 
even just five to 10 taps, doesn't have to be long. Next you do side of the eye, another pressure point. And as you do the tapping, you can say the mantras that work for you. Feeling relaxed, feeling calm, being present in the moment. Next spot is under the eye, just doing light tapping under the eye, under the nose, on your chin, along your collarbones. The karate chop is the parts of your hand that you would do a karate chop with. Each side. And the last one is tapping under your armpits, which you can't see me doing that. But if you do that under the armpit and the top of the head at the same time, then you can feel like a little monkey. But there's all those different tapping techniques. So top of the head, eyebrow, side of the eyes, under the eyes, under the nose, chin, collarbone, karate chops, under the arms. So give that a try. I know it was a little bit rushed there, but we're almost out of time. But yeah, definitely Google that and see what you can find out because it's a great relaxation technique and it's one that you can do in any setting and, and do it fairly quickly as well. And it does work great with little kids that have lots of energy too. So a couple more things, laughing and singing. It's important to laugh and many people like to sing. And that vagal nerve stimulation helps the brain and it helps the body. And it's just a great way to enhance your mood and it improves your overall health. Another Google uh, thing for you to try is Google Dry Bar. So just D-R-Y-B-A-R. And Dry Bar has a lot of great comedy. And the nice thing about the dry bar comedies is they're very clean humor. So there's not a lot of raunchy humor and there's not a lot of uh, bad cussing and whatnot. So it's a lot of really great humor that's clean. So check it out. A couple other things that we'll just cover real quickly is recharging your spirit. What brings you meaning and purpose? When was the last time you did something that brought you joy? Do things that make you happy. If it's been a while that you've done something that brought you joy or brought you meaning and purpose, try to discover that one thing that you can do to help you feel happy and joy in the moment. By lifting your spirit with joy and positivity is a way for you to enhance your health and vitality and improve your healthy aging. With relationships, this is another thing that we really want to focus on. Relationships are so important. It's important for us to have friends and family and connection, especially as we age. That meaningful conversation and just a period of each day connecting with somebody will boost your health and your vitality more than many of the other things will do. So just in summary, as we are now out of time, I just want to do the S3. And S3 is small, simple steps. So in summary, let's talk about the S3. What is a small, simple step that you can do today to start on the path towards healthy aging and optimal wellness? Optimal wellness is a journey. It takes time. We all have bad habits and we all have things that we want to improve on, myself included. And so daily, we just have to work on those small steps that help us on the path to health and wellness. So what's one small step that you can start today? Can you eat a healthy breakfast? Can you try a healthy smoothie? Can you work on a better sleep routine? Can you increase your exercise and movement and work on enhancing that muscle mass? Can you try some meditation, breathing, or even that tapping technique to help your stress? Can you limit the amount of fast food and sugar that you're eating? Can you try some brain exercises to get you on those new neural pathways? Can you laugh or sing? And most importantly, do something that you love. 
If you are a reader, there are two books that I would recommend. I have no affiliate commissions with these, darn it. But these are two amazing books that I would recommend if you like to read. Limitless by Jim Quick is amazing. Jim Quick has an incredible story about upgrading his brain, and he's got great techniques that he has you implement on how to improve your brain health. And then The Obesity Code is a very interesting book that talks about uh, fat and weight loss as a result of your hormones. So pretty much his philosophy is you don't have to eat less and move more because it's a result of your hormones, but you do need to eat right and have movement. But two uh, recommendations if you like to read. At Basana, we always say it's never too early or too late to work towards being the healthiest you. Our next webinar will be <clears throat> four weeks from today on October 22nd, same time. And in this webinar, we're going to talk about the gut-brain connection. They have actually had studies that show what you eat impacts your gut, which then impacts your brain. So you'll want to check it out if you want to find out about healthy gut and healthy brain. So that'll be four weeks from today. And then, as always, if you would like to get in touch with us, here's our contact information. You can always check out our website at basanawellness.com or feel free to send a question to info, I-N-F-O, at basanawellness.com. Or if you'd like to schedule an appointment, you can call 303-327-7300. Thanks again to everyone for your time. And I will send out the recordings and look forward to seeing you on our next webinar. The Sauna Health and Wellness Podcast is brought to you by Atagi Plastic Surgery and Atagi Skin Aesthetics. Check us out at atagimd.com. A-T-A-G-I-M-D.com. We offer plastic surgery, skin aesthetics, non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis skin tightening, Kybella, skin aesthetics, all therapy, Vanquish fat reduction, PRP hair restoration, PRP breast lift, and hormone health. Follow us on our website at atagimd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. Check us out at atagimd.com.